And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. Good to have all of you with us. I see Keely and Cam in the chat. Good to have you both here. And I have to give it a minute. I'm going to let some people get in here. And then I have a little bit of a mea culpa. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. And uh, here we go. Uh, if you are uh, of a mind to listen to these shows as podcasts, we're available on a number of podcast players. The live chat is open. We're broadcasting to YouTube, Facebook, and Odyssey. YouTube, we are still holding over 2,000 subscribers. We're still hanging on at 2,002. So share the link. Tell people about us. There we are. i got to turn that off. All right, lots going on today. If you are not with us live, you can still leave a comment. You can always send us an email with your feedback live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. We read every message and we are particularly interested if you have suggestions for topics, if you have suggestions for guests for us to invite. Uh, speaking of which, tomorrow, Christopher Lee Parson will be here. He has got a new film, a new horror film, going into Fright Fest in Glasgow. So he's going to be our guest tomorrow. Christopher Hoffman will be hosting the show and asking the questions. They'll have a conversation tomorrow about horror. So tune in for that. We have had conversations, speaking of our subscriber count, a couple of things. I want to encourage everybody to connect with us over on Odyssey just because we don't want to have all of our eggs in one basket, of course. And what I would like to invite people to do is connect with us over on, <coughs> excuse me, connect with us over on Odyssey so we can get those numbers up. But now that we're over 2,000 subscribers, it was kind of a little bit of a milestone for me, a little bit of a, of a, of a measuring stick point to decide whether or not, and I'm still debating this with myself, um, uh, I'm not winning yet. It's still a tie. But uh, I have been debating whether or not to open up channel memberships. And basically, this would be a different way. We have access to various different monetization tools. We got the super chats. We got the we got the 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 PayPal and the subscribe star and stuff offsite. But for the YouTube channel, we also have access to uh, channel memberships. Basically, you know, you can spend like it, it's it's sort of a a, a mashup between like a Patreon subscribe star model where you're spending a monthly amount to have access to special features of the channel. We haven't activated any of that yet, but I had it in my head that once we reach the 2000, uh, 2000 subscriber mark, that we might 
think about activating channel memberships. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, like, a, you know, $1.99 or a $5 a month thing or whatever on YouTube, then let us know. I don't know if it would be worth it. Uh, I mean, we would certainly put out material in the hopes of making it worth it, but you all have to decide if it's something that you would be interested in because you would, any of you who would take advantage of the membership, you'd be spending money. So I, I don't want to sit there and say, well, we're going to do this and everything's going to cost everything. But what that would give us is another way we could do members only streams. We could do, uh, you know, the little, you know, uh, custom emojis and, and tears and that sort of thing. So some different rewards there. So we're thinking about that. So if you're interested, or if you're not, I mean, if you think it's a bad idea, tell us that too. I, I have not come down on one side or the other. I can see pros and cons on on both sides of it, and especially given what YouTube is doing with their YouTube premium shenanigans uh, that we found out yesterday. It, and apparently they have taken down the tweet that kind of sparked all of this where they said, well, you got to resolve things before you can cancel. Apparently there was somebody who had a, had a channel that got suspended. And through this channel, he was subscribed to um, YouTube Premium. Which he's paying for, I guess. I guess YouTube Premium is the is the ad free tier, and because his channel is suspended, he can't access the YouTube Premium. But he's still being charged for it, and now he can't cancel it because he can't get into his channel and his Google account in order to cancel. So there's been a big mess there. That's not what this would be the channel memberships for this particular thing that's not youtube premium so i don't think we would run into any problems there but you never know uh anyway all right so uh there we are i see wolverine 626 in the chat Mazerus is there in the chat with his wrench at the ready and he is going to just banhammer anybody that comes in here and starts posting bot bot links no, I we we're, we do pretty well here. Actually, we don't have uh, we don't have a whole lot of people who misbehave, and that's a good thing. Y'all 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 are smart people. Y'all are smart, and and you're polite, and you're respectful, and that's good. Uh, Wolverine sixty six has a question, and uh, let me put that up here. I forgot to ask during Batman review last night. Did your screening have a post credit scene? If not, do you think there will be? Um, I will answer this way. There is something at the end but it's not anything you can't afford to miss. Uh, I'll, I'll say it that way. I know that's very cryptic. That's very vague. It doesn't tell you anything. There's not an end credit scene per se, really. But there is something at the end. I, that's, that's all I'll say. Until it comes out, I'm going to give it time for, for the spoilers to percolate, for people to see it. And then we can talk a little bit more about it. But I have another, 
I have another movie in mind that did a sa- the same kind of thing, but if I tell you what it is, then it gives away a little bit too much. I I I hope that's vague enough that uh, that it now leaves you uh, confused and and ready to go see the movie. Uh, <laughs> Mazur says, "Band Man, a new kind of sci-fi hero." Uh, I think I think that could work. You know, that could be a that could be a crowdfunded comic. You know, Band Man. Bum 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 bum. So we were talking about the Batman last night on the H two O podcast. And uh, I do invite you to all check that out. The link is in our show notes here on this particular uh, episode for this particular show. It's two hours, and we managed to avoid spoilers for the most part. I think there's maybe... There's one gimme, I think. There have been a lot of people that have been talking about a particular scene that they don't want to see in this movie, and and we kind of give that one away, but we really don't get into spoilers. We talk performance, we talk production design, we talk music score. And interestingly enough, I did find uh, Water Tower Records, which is the Warner Brothers uh, brand to publish music. Uh, They have put on their YouTube channel... The entire score for the Batman, Michael Giacchino's uh, score for the Batman, and it's something like 29 tracks. And we were talking last night about how the fact, you know, as we're going through and we're watching the movie and I'm listening to the music tracks, it only feels like there's three music tracks and they get recycled over and over. And, And essentially that's the case, but there's stuff in the soundtrack that's published on Water Tower's YouTube channel that I sit here and think, I didn't hear that in the movie. I heard pieces of it, so maybe it's buried in the sound mix, but the music didn't really pop out at me. So, you know, eh, it is what it is. I mean, Giacchino did what he did. It's not, it's not a phenomenal music score. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that impressed with it. Not like I am with the new Star Trek The Motion Picture score that I just got from Mrs. Boss yesterday for my birthday. I've been listening to this this morning with the volume turned up <clears throat> on the surround sound stereo, not the computer speakers. I've put it I put it in the surround sound system and turned it up. Not not entirely to 11, but it sounds good. That's available at La La Land Records and no we don't get a commission, sadly. Oh, anyway, all right. So, um Wolverine's got an, another question. Not a news person, but curious about your thoughts on the new CNN leader replacing Zuckery came from Colbert. I, I don't know enough about him yet uh, to, to really have an opinion. Um, I think all the wrong people are saying all the wrong things that has me questioning whether or not that's going to be a good idea. However, I have not paid attention that much to... Uh, Colbert stuff and and all of that. Now I do I do recall that when Colbert was doing his his shtick over on was it Comedy Central his first show uh, that one seemed to be a little bit more a little bit more a little bit less strident and 
politically agitated enough. Um, I mean, when he got over to CBS to do the late show, he just went completely off the deep end. And the mask comes off and he's, you know, radical leftist all the time. I don't know if the new guy coming into to CNN is going to be an improvement. He might be. Uh, a memo that he sent out to the to the staff. Uh, he in in that particular memo, he emphasized news over opinion. So, and he put it in capital letters in the memo. So I that that particular piece has me thinking that if he if he comes in with a, a with a focus on news and restoring CNN to what it once was, that could be a good thing. Uh, because we need objective journalism, especially in in the shadow of war uh, with Russia invading the Ukraine. And there's more to that. I, I, I'm not going to get into it, but there's more to that than I think we know. I think there's more to that than is what's being reported. Uh, stop and consider that all of these photographs of President Zelensky in his military kit are from last April. They're not from the current conflict where he's, you know, I mean, yes, okay, fine. He's still in the Capitol and he's still, you know, he's doing his little TikTok videos and whatnot saying, we're still here, we're going to fight. More power to him. I think Russia invading is a bad thing, sure. But the media is presenting this guy as Captain Ukraine, the big, the, you know, is, they're making him out to be a Marvel movie uh, hero. And a lot of the imagery that we're seeing of him in his military outfits are from his border inspection visits from last April. So... Stop and consider everything that you see coverage-wise about this and about everything else. I mean, remember, the media lies to you. I've been in media for 33 years, and I have never seen it so blatant as, as it has been the last four or five years. The media has gone completely off the rails since the 2016 election, especially. And they, the, the idea of objective journalism, I'm not going to say it's dead. There are still some outlets out there who are, who, are, who are doing their best, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I would like to see CNN back as an objective reporter-oriented network instead of a instead of an opinion journalist based network but uh, the jury's still out it's still really early to see what that is I you know I just who knows it's I don't I don't know that we're going to get back to it but who knows I don't know sci-fi snob in the chat says how can CNN go back to what it was foreign bureau shut down all these expensive show stars would have to fire the stars and spend years building up foreign reporters yeah i mean yeah, he's he's definitely going to have to clean house no matter what happens he's definitely going to have to clean house i mean potato head's got to go uh who else is who else is over there you know just just clean house producers and anchors both don don lemon's already in trouble stetler's got to go lemon's got to go um 
Who? Oh, Joy Reid. Is Joe? No, Joy Reid's at MSNBC. Is she? Yeah, uh, I think. I don't know. <coughs> Wherever she is, she's got to go too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not impressed with with Joy Reid at all. Mazur says we're way beyond the media simply not being forthcoming. We're into former slanting turned and morphed into dishonesty. Present company excluded, of course. That's what you think. All right. So, okay, we've been in here about 20 minutes. That that gives us a little bit of time. My mea culpa. Because in the two hours that we talked about the Batman last night, I forgot to do something. And so I'm going to do this now. And those of you who are listening to this as a podcast, you are going to have an opportunity for this as well. We have fandango ticket codes to give away and i forgot to do it last night so what we're going to do is uh we're going to set up on our social media i'm going to post uh, a specific thing on our social media at uh 1 p.m central i mean give everybody time to find it so all of our social media platforms i've got to post this on all of them And it'll be a link to last night's discussion. And I'm going to say, retweet this, share this link for a chance to win. I've got five Fandango codes. And what this does is it's going to give you, if you, if you win, and I'm just going to pick people at random. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything special or anything like that. I'm just going to close my eyes and point. What this does is it gets you, um, you go to Fandango.com, there's a promo, there's a URL, there's a code you go into, and you can set your date and your theater and your time, any any movie theater in the United States, unfortunately, that's it's limited to the United States, any movie theater that's, that's a partner with Fandango. You're going to enter this promo code, and it's good for two movie tickets, Valued at $17.50 a piece. So $35 value promo code to use for a screening of the Batman. And there's a lot of uh, uh, terms and conditions. And when I, you got to use it before April 30th or it goes away. And uh, you can't sell it. You can't exchange it. You can't do it. So we'll, we'll have it attached to name and email and whatnot. But we'll pick five people and we'll get codes... Uh, Fandango code, so you can see the Batman for free, unless you know, unless your tickets cost more than seventeen fifty a piece, in which case you got to settle the difference. But, but that's what we're going to do today. We are going to, um, we are going to give away five Fandango codes, so you can see the Batman. We're going to do this all day today and tomorrow and Thursday. We'll probably pick some people. Uh, either Wednesday night or Thursday, depending on how soon I got to get the information over to the to the promotions people. But we'll do that. We'll and we'll post it over on all of the socials. So we have, just to remind everybody, we have ten social media channels, and we're going to post this probably not on Pinterest, but we'll post it pretty much everywhere else: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gab, Minds, MeWe, Parlor, uh, Getter, Locals. We're going to post it on all of those, and you just basically share out the link, just retweet, repost, whatever. And that way I'll get a ping and I'll know that you've shared it 
add your your username, your handle. We'll go into a, a thing and we'll we'll draw for winners and y'all get a code. So that's what we're gonna do. And we'll I'll I'll put this out in its own little video. I'll I'll mention this and show what we're gonna do and, and we'll put it out. So be watching for that in about an hour from now, 1.30 Central, here on March 1st. So that's 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 what we're going to do. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. Why didn't that... Why didn't that show up? That's weird. This, this Twidget thing here... Hold on. Let me let me refresh this because it doesn't it it's not seeing it's not seeing Wolverine's comment. Let me do that. Let me refresh this here. This is still this is still a work in progress. This Twidget thing that lets me pull the chat comments up into the into the video track. Uh, Wolverine says it's official per deadline. U.S. Disney Plus going TVMA by including the old Netflix Marvel shows. <clears throat> I've seen something about that. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look into it yet. Yes, all of the Disney Marvel shows, Daredevil, Iron Fist, uh, Defenders, um, Punisher, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all of those are going to t uh, are going to be on Disney Plus in, uh, Amer in the United States, Canada, UK, Ireland, a couple of other places. And the same day... They're going to update the parental controls on Disney Plus. Uh, Agents of Shield is going to go to Disney Plus as well. You don't really need parental controls for that one so much, but they will update the the parental controls on Disney Plus the same day that those shows go active. So I don't I don't know that they're going TVMA, but they're going to they're going to be consolidating their stuff. That actually surprises me because we all thought, you know, the assumption in 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 the 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 social media sphere and the internet was that those shows would go to Hulu because Disney owns half of Hulu. The fact that they're not going to Hulu makes me wonder what's about to happen to Hulu. If anything's going to happen to Hulu because if Disney's not going to be putting programming on that channel does that mean they're going to get out of that channel? I, and that's pure speculation on my part. I, I don't have any information one way or the other on that. But yeah, uh, as of, I think, March 16th is when all of that switches over. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, really. Um, okay, so more Batman news. I want to get this in real quick. Uh, for those of you who uh, have been paying attention, <clears throat> uh, the animated adaptation of Batman The Long Halloween featured uh, voice work from Anaya Rivera. You know her from Glee, most of all. But also the fact that uh, she uh, died drow by drowning uh, trying to see she was out boating with her four-year-old and uh, the 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 long Halloween was the last work that she did and what I know that's what I'm yes okay mrs. boss reminding me of the you know tr telling me of what I'm about to tell you the the lawsuit there was a there was a uh, a wrongful death lawsuit that was on uh, that was on the books in the works and it has settled. 
Uh, this is from The Hollywood Reporter. Naya Rivera's family has reached a settlement with Ventura County in a wrongful death lawsuit filed following her 2020 drowning in a Southern California lake. The Glee star, who was 33 at the time of her death, drowned while boating on Lake Peru in July 2020. Ryan Dorsey, in November 2020, filed a wrongful death and emotional distress lawsuit against the county on behalf of their then four-year-old son, Josie, who was on the water with her that day. The suit claimed the county, United Water Conservation District, and Parks and Recreation Management failed to warn visitors of the dangers of the lake and provide the requisite safety equipment. So th- that, uh, that settlement has been, uh, has been agreed to. So uh, Naya Rivera's family going to get a little bit of, uh, of satisfaction out of that, I guess. And, and it doesn't really give you closure so much. But um, uh, maybe there will be some positive consequences out of that with some more warning signs and safety equipment and, and procedures to make sure that something like that doesn't happen again. Uh, in the meantime... We've got the Batman about to open in uh, in the United States on Friday, uh, and <coughs> it does not look like it's going to open in Russia. Uh, this from Hollywood Reporter Heat Vision. Warner Brothers pulls the Batman Russia release, and everybody is doing this. Disney was the first. They paused their theatrical releases in Russia. Uh, this is uh, dated... February 28th, so all of this popped yesterday. Disney has become the first major Hollywood studio to pause its releases at the Russian box office in response to the country's invasion of Ukraine. And then we have Sony doing the same thing, uh, where they've pulled Morbius, and future films have been pulled from release in Russia. Uh, Paramount doing the same thing. Sonic 2, The Lost City, both on hold um, and all sorts of organizations, the UK trade body PACT, which is a, a, a trade organization in uh, the UK, has called on its members to suspend all cooperation and trade with Russia. Uh, PACT said, PACT expresses our deepest sympathy for the people of Ukraine, and in particular our colleagues working in Ukraine's film and television sector, Along with other industry organizations, PACT calls for a cessation of hostilities in Ukraine and for a resolution of conflict by diplomatic means, respecting the rule of law and the rights of the Ukrainian people. And that's that's really interesting that they're wanting uh, that they're wanting the rule of law to be a thing because we've had stories, and I'm I, I'm not throwing shade anywhere. But we've had stories of corruption in Ukraine. I'm just saying. So, you know, the the media making Ukraine out to be this, you know, whiter than snow, innocent lambs that they are, that's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily accurate. Remember, the media lies to you. <clears throat> but I also think that all of this, sure, it brings economic pressure in, and there's already there's a run on the bank. Steven, uh, uh, Stephen Sterling, who who's a, a science fiction writer, he writes under the name S. M. Sterling. 
He's been doing some uh, some interesting analysis of the situation over on his Facebook account, and he's been talking about the economic impact and the run on the banks and the ruble and and how this is affecting the markets in uh, in in Russia. It just it just feels I don't know. Go watch Wag the Dog, and then we'll talk. All right, I'm going to take a real quick break. When we get back, the Picard featurette. We'll talk about that, and we'll do an unboxing when we get back uh, right here live from the bunker. Don't go anywhere. Sci-Fi For Me Radio, almost as good as bacon. Sci-Fi For Me is about to take you on an incredible journey into the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. Conventions and fandom. Previews and reviews of movies and television. Sci-Fi For Me is working to be the most popular science fiction magazine in the solar system. Subscribe now and enter the fantastic world of Sci-Fi For Me. Delivering the multiverse since 2009. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back live from the Bunker Jason Hunt here, along with you, all of you, whether you're here with us live, like Wolverine and Mazers and Cam and Sci-Fi Snob and Keeley and Mindy, back over there, or if you're not with us live, if you're here in Memorex, that's fine too, so... That's 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 where we are. We're happy to have everybody along. I want to do this one real quick thing because I'm I'm we've been talking about this some, um, and I want uh, I want to get a, a first blush opinion here, uh, if you don't mind, because this is something that we've been talking about, and I want to get I want to get an opinion here from all of from you. Uh, and, and it's not a refined thing. I don't want you to think that this is a, this is a final thing, but we've been talking about doing a print magazine, crowdfunding a print magazine, and I kind of toyed around a little bit with some trade dress and stuff. I'm not, I'm still not sure exactly what the title of the magazine is going to be. We've been talking about multiverse, uh, multiverse magazine. So, uh, playing around a little bit in Photoshop this morning, and this is the layout that I've kind of come up with. And and this is not, this is not a final thing. These are all just placeholders of the different things as far as the format goes. I've got I've got a mock-up done, uh, but it includes some artwork that I don't have permission to to use. I just put it in there just to see what this thing would look like, and. I'm kind of happy with it. I think I think this would be something similar. It's kind of uh, it's kind of a mashup of Starlog and Asimov, and and you get some different things there featuring names of people that are contributing and whatnot. So it's just a it's just a first impression uh, thing. And uh, you guys tell me what you think. I I don't I'm still I don't know about Multiverse Magazine. It it makes sense to do that. 
and Mrs. Boss has, has weighed in, and she thinks it's okay, but, uh, you know, I, what do you guys think? This is, this is something, you know, inquiring minds want to know, because we're not going to make this thing to look like the National Enquirer, but inquiring minds want to know. Uh, Mazurus is saying uh, possibly a black starfield across the top logo. You mean across the entire masthead across the top or across just underneath the official Sci-Fi for Me logo? Because that, there's a couple of different ways we could do that. Now, let me let me do this because this is, okay, this is not an official piece of artwork that we've commissioned. I found this. This looks really great. I will link, you know, should I, should I do that? Cause I don't really have, I don't have permission from the artist to use it. I don't, I, I, won't, I won't do that. But, uh, yeah, Mazur says the entire masthead possibly. I, I'll, I'll look at that. Let me, you mean like, so it's behind multiverse magazine. It just kind of feathers out to the reg, to the rest of the artwork. Maybe, maybe, um, that's a possibility. It's a possibility. So anyway, yeah. So that's that's what I'm thinking. Uh, it's 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 rough. It's preliminary. It's not a it's not a done deal. It's not a for sure thing. Uh, Sci-Fi Stab says print is dead. The only way to sell print is very high end, high quality collectors uh, item stuff like Comicsgate is doing. Why not do it as a website? Well, we do have a website, SciFiForMe.com. But nobody goes there because we our, our emphasis has been on the video channels and 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 all of the programs that we've got here. We post uh, the reviews, you know, book reviews and movie reviews and TV reviews and such over on on the dot com, and that's where we've got the master list of all of the events that Mindy keeps working on, and she's actually been adding some more to that. So if you've if you've got an event you want to send us, let us know. But where what what amount what no, what's our number? Where are we sitting out on our count now? Twenty three, twenty nine, and some change maybe. So over twenty three hundred active comic cons of some sort, whether it's a comic book convention, horror convention, cosplay convention, uh, literary convention, gaming convention. There's some furries in there. Yeah, there it's, there's a lot of different things. So over 2,300 active, as far as we know, as far as we can determine, we continue to update this thing as we find events that have gone defunct. But there, as far as we know, these are these are all active events. So, uh, so yeah, our count's over 2,300. Cam says, I backed an RPG zine, which is free, but wanted to support them anyway. Uh, I don't think print is dead. I, th I mean, we've seen with the success of, of Fangoria's revival that there is still an interest in print. And, and Snob, you mentioned Comicsgate. A lot of those guys are making bank on print material. They're, they're selling books. So I think there's a market for it. I don't think that the newsstand is necessarily the the way to go with it. Um, Snob says, does anyone read magazines anymore? The only place I see print mags is in the dentist office, and they took those out because they spread COVID. <laughs> I, I, still, I still, every now and again, will pick up one. Um, I say that 
with the caveat that over the last couple of years, I have not been out of the compound very often, except just to go to the grocery store, really. But it's, you know, I don't have a problem with print. I actually prefer it in, in some cases uh, because I want to have something, not just something that's tangible that I can hold in my hand and I can read, but also something that I can hang on to that I'm not going to lose when the hard drive dies. Especially if it's reference material that I need to have for, you know, research or homework or, or background material on something that I'm working on. So, what? What are you, what are you hacking over there? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. But I think, I think there's a, I think there's a market for it. I think there's potential for print magazines to be another, another item that crowdfunding can that void that crowdfunding can fill. Um, I would really love to see Starlog Magazine come back. And this is kind of an attempt to do something like that. Uh, but we'll see. I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, Snob, you think we have to go high-end and good enough to be a collectible. I don't know necessarily it needs to be a collectible. Um, my initial thought was to, is to go the opposite way. And to print it on newsprint paper and go, not necessarily cheap, but do it in a way that's reminiscent of Wizard and Starlog and Cinefantastique and all of that. Now, depending on, on what kind of paper we use, sure, you're going to get some high-end versus low-end. And we've still got to work out all of those details. But I'm thinking somewhere between 48 and 60 pages. And maybe we do need to go really high-end, glossy, 60-pound paper all the way through. So, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And, and yeah, you're right. The, the time sensitivity, that's the other challenge when you're doing anything with a magazine because you can't do breaking news. That's what the dot-com is for, and that's what all of these shows are for. But for a magazine, you could do something where we do a mix of essays, think pieces, opinion pieces, uh, backgrounders, you know, introductory, here's, here's where you start with Star Trek type of thing. Or if you go with uh, some fiction, or if you have, uh, you know, some, some kind of a, 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 an interview or a behind-the-scenes feature, Something that's a little bit more evergreen than what you would get with a breaking news thing. That's one of the reasons why a lot of our breaking news and our immediate news is now on the video side of things because we can put it out a little bit faster as opposed to somebody has to write an article that everybody else has got the article. So uh, anyway, it's something something to consider, something to, to, to put out there and see. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about this Picard trailer. <clears throat> There are a couple of things in here. This is just a little featurette, a look at season two. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have the sound on. But Picard is back at the chateau, <coughs> at the winery, and apparently Picard is now going to be the commandant of Starfleet Academy. And Rafi is a teacher there, and Eleanor is, uh, El Elnor is a student, and. Picard, Patrick Stewart is talking right here about Picard being taken care of by his his house uh, his house managers or whatnot, and this bothers me more than anything else in the trailer because 
it seems like everybody has forgotten. It seems like everybody who's making this show has forgotten that Jean-Luc Picard is dead. This is not Jean-Luc Picard. This is an android replica of Jean-Luc Picard who's not dying, who's not ill, who doesn't need to be taken care of because he has he's an android now. He has no physical needs unless they've been programmed in so he thinks he's human, but he's not human. He's an android. He's a synthetic. And this entire featurette completely ignores <clears throat> because they're talking about how uh, how what's her name uh, has to do this diplomatic tour about, you know, now we've got the whole Seven and Rafi thing, but we've got the diplomatic tour that they're going on to make peace and have people understand the synthetics are just another, uh, just another people. So that, that implies that there's a certain amount of mistrust still between normal, regular people people, the Federation and whatnot, and the synthetics. So if you don't trust the synthetics, and I'm assuming that they don't know that Picard is now a synthetic, otherwise they would not be putting him in charge of Starfleet Academy. And yeah, it, it, he did retire. So we're we're obviously going to get, because there's a scene here, um, oh, where is it? Where he, he gets in, he gets invited back, and so I don't know what the circumstances are for that. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Seven is back with the Fenric Rangers and is dealing with, you know, this new relationship with Rafi or whatever. Okay, fine. Uh, it, it, didn't have, it didn't have any kind of organic beginning to this except just a camera shot and they improvised something and they went, ooh, let's do that. Uh, we have a new Stargazer. Let's see if I can get a shot of it. The new Stargazer. Rios is the captain of the new Stargazer. I kind of like these uniforms better than, than what I'm seeing from uh, Discovery. These feel a little bit more next generation-ish. <coughs> so, okay... I don't know. I just... <clears throat> Jean-Luc Picard is dead. That's the biggest, the biggest piece of this that I, I just... I, I don't know. Picard is dead. Picard is dead. <clears throat> Major says, The biggest cast decision I had a problem with in season one was Brent Spiner's character. That person was never established before the Picard show and inserting him so late in the game was ridiculous. It's not off topic because Brent Spiner is back playing another character in this season of Picard. Now, more than likely, it's because of the time flip that Q does or whatever whatever that does with the alternate timeline and, and reality 
uh, flipping and whatnot. And now, of course, we've got an opportunity for Brent Spiner to play some other character. And he's probably another relative of, of Noonie and Sung. But Jean-Luc Picard is dead. And if they don't at least address it in the beginning of this season, then it's a missed opportunity. It's a wasted opportunity. I think the whole show is a wasted opportunity anyway. I was not impressed with season one at all. And I really don't have very much of an inclination to watch season two. It looks pretty. I'll give it that much. But I don't need another time travel story to 2024 because 2024 is going to give us modern era politics. Now, if they if they give us the Bell Riots, <clears throat> which have already been established in canon and continuity, okay, maybe. But they're not going to give us the Bell Riots. They're not that smart, for one thing. They don't know the material. They haven't, well, I can't say that. I can't say they don't know it. They haven't demonstrated that they know it well enough to use the, the, what's already been established in, in the franchise. I'll say it that way. They have not impressed me with an appreciation for what has come before. I'll say that. Maybe. But that I think I think that's that's probably a good objective way to see it to do that. So uh Mazer says this also uh maybe the last time we see John Delancey's Q, so more missed opportunities. Agreed. Uh now Q well Q could show up on Prodigy. And he could show up, he's, I think, hasn't he already been on Lower Decks? He could show up on Prodigy. So there's, there's potential there still. And I'm hearing that Prodigy is probably the best one out of all of these new shows that's the most like Star Trek. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I'm hearing really good things about Prodigy more than anything else. I'm looking forward to Strange New Worlds. I'm cautiously looking forward to Strange New Worlds. I'm hearing some stuff. Maybe. that I, I don't know. But I'm cautiously looking forward to Strange New Worlds. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I'm... In the back of my mind, anytime I see any kind of marketing material or any kind of interview about Strange New Worlds, in the back of my head, I was like, please don't screw it up. Please don't screw it up. Please don't screw it up. But I, I, I can't for sure feel confident that they're not going to screw it up. Because it's still Alex Kurtzman. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Unboxing. Let's do this and we'll wrap up the show. I got an envelope. Uh, when did I get this? Yesterday? I got this yesterday. Huh? Yeah. I got it yesterday. Um, addressed to J.P. Hunt. I don't know why they do that. They know my, they know my name. Uh, this is from uh, WHV Franchise Pub. Uh, this is Warner Home Video. And it looks like it didn't quite 
the the envelope didn't quite survive the trip. <clears throat> it's already open, but we're gonna open it some more. And this is for this is for the benefit of all of you listening to this as a podcast. I'm gonna let you hear the envelope as I open it. There. I'm gonna open this up. Oh, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. <clears throat> okay, so we got an email here not too long ago. The new. Uh, the new Warner Brothers animated project is going to be a collection of DC Showcase short animated films. Uh, if you look at some of the other DVDs, there's uh, there's um, the the DC short uh, DC Showcase is a short thing. So you got a Green Arrow one, you got a Spectre one. There's a couple of others, and there's a new one coming out that's going to feature Constantine and and a number of these short animated films are going to be in the R-rated range. And I was figuring I'd be getting that, but I'm not. I got the Batman complete series. I was not expecting this. I didn't think I didn't think this was this was coming out. This is um, this is the Batman that came out. Oh, when was this out? I don't see, uh, I don't see, but this is the one that was kind of really stylistic. Uh, this has a very wild looking Joker in it. Um, so yeah, that'll be fun to, to take a look at and see what the Batman, the Batman. This is the animated the Batman. Not yeah, Batman the animated series. That's different from this one. This one came out. Oh, let me look it up because this one came out. Um, I want to say early, early two thousands. Well, we're watching the animated series. Yeah. Um. We don't. I don't know that we have the animated series on. Uh. Discs or anything. We've just been watching it. <clears throat> we've been watching this came out in 2004 uh so it's uh it's a little bit different than what you expect to see this is uh this is some really interesting almost anime style huh now this is not connected to the the kevin conroy series uh let me see if they've got a picture of the joker here I kind of there he is. There's the Joker. Uh, let me pull this, pull this up here for those of you to see. There's the Joker. This is a wild. This is this is a really interesting take on the character. There's the Joker right there. This will be fun to watch. I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. This will be, this will be fun. It's, you know, there are. There are so many different ways that you can tell the Batman story, and some are better than others. The one that's coming out this weekend is a really good story in the Batman universe. It is a really good Batman story. It's a good detective story. It does lean heavily into Batman as a uh, as a detective more than a superhero so uh, I do I do highly recommend it 
And like I said before, we are going to give away tickets. We're going to have, uh, I'll, I'll post on social media in about, in about half an hour. So be looking for it. Connect with us over there. Follow us on all of the socials if you're not already. Uh, <coughs> so we'll post this. You, re, you reshare it. And everybody will pick somebody at random. And then we'll, uh, we'll give out five Fandango codes. And there's also a prize pack that I've got to, I've got to figure out how we get those. They'll ship direct, but there is a prize pack. that's like a, uh, a, a backpack and a hat and, and some other stuff. So we're going to, we'll have that as well. So doing the giveaway, start watching social media and it, we're just going to do one entry per person, but you can share it as many times as you want just to make sure that I see it. And then we will go from there and, and pick some, pick some names out of hat or something and to give you free Fandango codes. We got five of them to give away. So we're going to do that uh, over the next uh, couple of days so you can plan your visit to the Batcave this weekend on us, sort of. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, we are on a lot of the socials, so uh, I'm going to put those up there again. We're on four different video platforms, Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, Twitch, we do have a tip jar over on PayPal. That's probably the best way that you can throw some financial support our way if you want. You're certainly not under any obligation. Uh, and then over on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Gab, Minds, MeWe, Parlor, Getter, Locals. So, uh, so connect with us over there. We probably will not post any of the contest stuff on Pinterest, uh, but we'll, we'll put it uh, pretty much everywhere else. So be looking for that. Connect with us there. And then tomorrow, don't forget, Christopher Lee Parson will be our guest. Christopher Hoffman will be the host. They'll be talking about his new movie, Going to Fright Fest in Glasgow. And then on Thursday, we'll be talking about Superman and Lois with Junior Boss. And then, of course, Saturday, we've got uh, Good Morning Multiverse and Foreign Bodies. So we got a full week ahead still. So uh, check us, check, uh, check out all of those things. And then uh, we'll do it again next week. So thanks for being here, everybody. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.